What's Sushil Adhikari, alumni professor of biosystems engineering and the director of the Cutting Edge Center for Bioenergy and Bioproducts, passionate about? Well, I'll tell you. Biomass pyrolysis, hydrothermal liquefaction, torrefaction, biodiesel production, and biomass gasification. If you know what I mean. Well, I have a wonderful electronic invention I want you to see. It, it looks something like this. You're listening to the Hashtag Getting Podcast, brought to you by Auburn University's Samuel Ginn College of Engineering. Hello, friends. Uh, it is I, Jeremy Henderson, a communications specialist in the Samuel Ginn College of Engineering's uh, Office of Communications and Marketing. Thanks for that introduction, Sylvia. Got to correct you uh, once again. It's getting old, but, um, you know, at the same time, what are you going to do? That would be the award-winning hashtag Ginning. Uh, we are the best podcast in all of higher education. Uh, it's been recognized by several national institutions. Yeah, maybe we just got to win another award. I know. You know, maybe um, that's what, what that's what it's going to take. I'm hoping this pandemic doesn't just, you know, throw a, throw a, a hurdle into our domination of uh, greatness. Know, yeah, in terms of offices of communications and marketing, you getting know, the message of their college. I out. think more people are probably listening. So it, 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 That's can, true. it can only be That's great. true. Uh, that would be Austin Phillips you're listening to uh, right there. He's the director still and uh, forever yeah. in my heart. Yep. You uh, hear that, Chris Roberts? <laughs> <laughs> Samuel again, College of Engineering's Office of Communications and Marketing. We're joined, as always, by the Muay Thai maestro, Marcus Klutz. Yeah, Cage Fist. It's back open, though, isn't it? Okay. The dominating daddy. About to be a dad once again. Congratulations to the fam. And uh, today we are joined by someone I've wanted to have on for a while because I love your name, uh, Sushil. Because uh, at first I was saying Sushil, right, when I first got here. And they're like, no, 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 no. It's Sushil. And something about saying it that way, I really, really like. Sushil Adhikari. I got it right. Okay, alumni professor in biosystems engineering, director of the Center for Bioenergy and Bioproducts. Thanks a ton for being here. Means a lot. How's life? Pretty hectic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you know, and, and I'm uh, pretty sure it's uh, true for many of us, uh, you know, especially uh, this pandemic situation, especially we have to juggle between the work and life. And, you know, a lot of you probably have kids or maybe a house that you have to be a babysitter or maybe you know mm -hmm. taking care of somebody else and and i have working. to babysit jeremy every <laughs> yeah, day yeah oh yeah gosh. yeah 745 yeah. 445 yeah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well uh the i saw a little clip uh of you on cnbc not yeah. too terribly long ago when they come, when they want to know what the latest advancements is or are in 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 turning waste into power uh Look, looks like you're one of the top names on the list. Uh, am I wrong there? I mean, people, people, you, words getting around yeah. is how it feels. I'm not going to correct on you on that one. I'll just take it just the way that you, <laughs> yeah. you, you take it. Okay? Well, you did. Okay. Though, I mean, yeah. uh, not too long ago, yeah. I guess. Yeah. You know, yeah. you, and uh, and so that's got to be, I guess, gratifying. Yeah. So, so tell us about these. The center, though, for bioproducts and wait, bioenergy bio and bioproducts. Bio yeah. yeah. Bioenergy and bioproducts. So what is going over there on over there right now? Okay. So thank you all for, for having me here. So it's, it's a great honor and I, I enjoy your show, uh, listening yes. show, so that's good. Yes. Uh, just a little bit about the Center for Bioenergy and Bioproducts, right? And so the center started maybe somewhere around 2007. 
uh, when uh, president back then, you know, he wanted to do something big uh, in two things. And, and one was on energy and the other one was on water. And a couple of folks, that time I was not here, but Chris Roberts, Steve Taylor and other folks, you know, Mario Eden in chemical engineering, they got together based on the history of chemical engineering and agriculture and, you know, things like that. They thought like we have to do something about the energy. We have a lot of trees in the state. You know, we need to find, a, you know, other applications besides just making pulp and paper or maybe the wood products. Maybe that we have a lot, we grow a lot of trees here in the, in the south in, in Alabama. And so we thought like we needed to do something. And so they created the Center for Center for Energy, Bioenergy, and Bioproducts. But, the, you know, like any other centers, the idea was to bring faculty together, right, and to do something bigger in scale. You know, typically the faculty would uh, get a smaller grants to do the things that the faculty, individual faculty, wanted to do it. But how can we, uh, you know, do something that m- at more at a system level, uh, but also that has a multidisciplinary, you know, maybe not just an engineering folks, maybe not just a forestry, not just ag, but how can we uh, bring a faculty together and we look at the entire system, you know, how do we grow better trees? How do we harvest those trees or any grasses or things like that? How do we convert? And what sort of impact that's going to have in, in our rural economy? You know, how do we create jobs? How do we create a better life for our citizens here? And so those issues are not simple enough. You know, it's not just the, for a one discipline to tackle. And so the idea was to, uh, you know, have a platform to have all these faculty come and work collectively to solve a problem. Right. All right. I, I love that because when I'm always thinking along those lines, I'm a simpleton. But of <laughs> what are we going to do with this, with these products, with with trees? What are we going to? I've not thought about it along the lines of how do we grow better trees? You know that that's that's amazing that we're working on things. Okay, so how do we make the trees better to do the things that we want them to do? I yeah. thought only God could grow a better tree, but apparently not. <laughs> no, uh, Auburn can. Yeah, Auburn, yeah. Yeah. Auburn, <laughs> engineers and Auburn engineers, scientists can do. Well, yeah. So, so what right now? Currently, I guess there's some of the. Maybe the, the the state of this field, I guess, you know, the kind of like the front lines that, that y'all are pursuing. We talked with, you know, Dr. Uh, Brendan Higgins, podcast guest, in case you didn't know. Yep. Uh, we talked with we talked with him about some of this stuff from his grant with uh, NIFA and and, you know, some of the stuff he's doing, I guess, with manure waterways, you know, uh, um, alternative uses for that kind of thing. Uh, but are, so what are some other things going on over there with with the center right now? Obviously, we're in weird times, pandemic throwing you know throwing a kink into a lot of different things. I'm assuming bioproducts and biofuels and whatnot would also be included. Hey, but, tre- trees in the grass are still growing, still, Jared. Exactly, they're still growing. <laughs> so what's great what's business? Go- that's what I always said. Be, be, the guy that's the lawn maintenance guy, great job because the lawn's always grass going to keep growing. So that's it's true. a great field to be in. So what's happening? So a lot of exciting things happening. So, you know, especially Auburn makes great because we have a faculty like Brendan Higgins and other faculty like E. Wang in, in our department. And there are very smart, very talented faculty in the College of Engineering and in, in, in general at Auburn University, right? So just to give you a couple of examples, what we are doing or maybe helping faculty to do what they want to do. It. So, so you know the story about the Brendan. Uh, but, but the other example would be, uh, E. Wang in, in, he's also another faculty in our department. And he's working a $2.2 million DOE, uh, grant, uh, funded. And, and so he's working with faculty from chemical engineering and other researchers, you know, beyond Auburn University. So he's collaborating big project. 
So he is doing a lot of genetic modification to take the glucose, one of the component from the trees. So trees, when you look at it, you have a three different components. You have sugars, what we typically refer as a cellulose or hemicellulose. That's what we use to make papers. But if you break it down that, it is glucose molecules. Mm-hmm. So how do you take that glucose molecules to make the chemicals? Because right now, if you look at the price of the gasoline, which is great, you know, it's cheap, right? Sure. But, but also it's very difficult to compete when the fuel price is so cheap, right? And so, uh, so the faculty like Dr. Yuang, what they are doing is doing some genetic modification to make high value, uh, valuable chemicals. Like esters, those are, they gives you a nice kind of smell and things like that. So he's modifying genes to do certain things that you, you want to do it. And so now these days with genetic tools, you could pretty much dictate the microorganisms on what you wanted to do it. And so there might be different pathways that they can make things, but now you can selectively say, no, you cannot do this one. You can, you just have to do this one. And so, so that's kind of the work that he is doing it. And so that's another example. That's crazy. So yeah. we're just playing God with this stuff. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. uh, so the other example that actually happening right now, that's why I, that's where I came from. Uh, and next week we are doing the big, uh, gasification campaign. And this was the DOE funded project. Uh, the idea was, how do we harvest trees, right? And then also, when you look at you know state like Alabama, you know for the trees, you know we use pulp and paper. We make pulp and paper. We make forest product industries, but also this tree has an opportunity uh, to convert into something fuels or chemicals. And just to give you some stat, because I was working on a proposal for a different proposal, so we grow about seventy million tons of uh, trees that that we can use it every year. 70 million tons. Yeah, 70 million tons, yeah. But then uh, if you if you take the forest product industry and pulp and paper industries right now, uh, if you don't consider all the craziness about the toilet paper right now that we went through right. it, but, but we have about 30 million tons of excess trees uh, that is looking for a new market, right? And so, so this particular project that we are looking at it, so we're going to harvest single trees, so uh, the, the entire trees, and bring into what we call depot, so take it to the depot from the forest side and cut it. And, and we, we do some screening there. We look at the trees, say that, okay, this tree is good quality that needs to go for a pulp and paper industry. This tree is good, probably needs to go to for, for the forest product. And the residue, maybe the crown of the tree and things like that, we want to take that one into uh, convert into uh, bioenergy or bioproducts, right? So and right now we're working with the University of Tennessee, North Carolina State University, and the DOE, Idaho National Lab uh, to make this project successful. And then next week, we're going to do some gasification campaign to test this quality of the biomass to make gas, which what we call is syngas. So this is about uh, $8 million project, and which is kind of towards the end of the goal. And so those are the things that we do it. You know, we look at a very specific, you know, uh, narrow problem, but also at the, at the system level. And, and so those are the kind of two examples. Well, I love it. I well, love well, it. It's like an international paper. You get this one. Right, right. Yellowwood, you're getting this one. Right. This one's going in the Chevy. Yeah. Uh, I like <laughs> it. I love it. Well, you, you, you said about like cheap gas <laughs> right now. I mean, do you, how long, how long have you been doing this? Uh, you know, uh, you know, if you count my journey from the grad school, you know, I, I came to U.S. Uh, originally from Nepal. Uh, and so I see. Came, I was going to say Dothan. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, 
I just the, the accent. I, I, I thought it was a Dothan Abbey boy <laughs> yeah. area, but maybe, maybe not. I wish you know there were a lot of people like you. <laughs> that would say, you know, kind of fooled me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So maybe since uh, 2005, you know, I was at the you know grad student, and then I came to Auburn in 2008, uh, and so. 12 years as a faculty. Well, so every every few years, it seems like to me, there's like a bigger push. You'll see kind of like a push for alternative fuels, biofuels, kind of like these things. Does, does that correlate to the price of gas when things are good and everybody's kind of like, well, we don't need to worry about turning pine trees into diesel fuel when things are bad. And it's kind of like, well, we got to we got to get on the ball and we got to start figuring out how to, you know, create some alternative fuels. I mean, does that. Does that correlate at all? Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, and, and whether we like it or not, you know, money is pretty powerful, right? So whatever we do, we need the money. And a lot of times the the funding that we go after, these agencies also have to have their budget. And, and typically the senators and the congressmen are the one who allocate the budget for to do these things. When somebody is paying for $4 per gallon, like back in 2007, you know, and things like that. So everybody is crying for the high price of gasoline. And then the senators get to see, hear that. The congressmen get to hear that one. And then they're going to make sure that there is a money allocated for do those kind of research, mm. right? When it is, I don't know, maybe $1.5 per gallon right now, everybody <laughs> chill. Nobody worries so about chill it. who? Yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And so nobody I can't nobody, drive anywhere yeah, anyway. Yeah. yeah. And so, so, so that actually, you know, kind of, you know, impact on the types of the funding that, that we could have access to it. But, the you know, being at the university, uh, that's the good part is we just don't look at the immediate solution. We actually look at maybe 20 years, 30 years mm-hmm. down the road, you know, what what can we do it that have a long lasting impact? And, and, and so, so in a way, it's a, it's a good, in a, you know, in, unless we are glad and, and fortunate enough to be working at Auburn University uh, where we have a uh, luxury to think much further. You know, we don't just have to take you know, making profit for for next year or this year and things like that. And so that gives a flexibility, flexibility, but also uh, impacts. You know how these things can be impacted by the policy. So you know, made by the congressmen or the senators and things like that. Well, and despite what the price is, you you got to think the the environmentalness of yeah, uh, of true. this yeah. is always going to drive it. Uh, of we're we're going to have to find a way to get off of some of these fossil fuels and then just be able to utilize like you say we're cutting down these trees and 30 percent of these trees we got to figure out yeah. what, what we're going to do with them see, so yeah you know, the man right here is figuring it out so you're saying right now we have 30 million tons of of just cut down tree parts just waiting to be so so right now so shield yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, you know, so if you if you take about you know uh, twenty three million acres of the land in the in the state of Alabama is forest, right? And so if you look at just the, how much tree uh, does it grow in a year, we have about seventy nine eighty million tons of trees that grow. And if you just look at the numbers, how many tons of biomass that we harvest for, whether it's making uh, paper, maybe forest product, or maybe pellets and things like that. So the leftover, so it's just sitting there trees. You know, that's the one of the beauty about the trees, right? If you were, it was a grass, it would just uh, dry out and then die and I'll just kind of, you know, mm-hmm. uh, you know, regrow again and things like that. But the trees can't stay longer there. And so it is waiting for a market right yeah. now. And so we have the market that we could harvest without cutting down more trees, just the natural mm-hmm. growth, just to maintain status quo, we could keep harvesting 30 million tons of tree 
Man, he ain't making hay over here. No, yeah, 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 yeah. no that gets—I don't know—that gets me excited. Ever since I saw Back to the Future Two, and Doc Brown just started jumping stuff into the—you know—beer cans, yeah, banana peels, mm-hmm. and then somehow that just got him to the future or whatever. Uh, the idea of fusion and just using the stuff like this is always kind of, I don't know, yeah. gotten gotten me going. Was that an influence for you, Back to the Future 2? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You ever seen that? Yeah, you know what I'm And also maybe this is probably pretty exciting. One thing that we're doing is uh, we never think about the sludge, right? So something that we flush down the toilets and things like oh, that. Yeah. So we are making fuels right now from the sludge. You know, we're taking the sludge from the urban wastewater treatment plant, converting yeah. into it, and we're making fuel. Well, you got to talk about this. Uh, I was going to say, the yeah. old ears perked up yeah, again. Yeah. From yeah. mass yeah. to gas. I was going to say, anytime you talk poop on this podcast, <laughs> well, no. So what are you talking about? Time. So you're telling me that you, you've taken some stuff I mean, Austin, a lot comes from his house. <laughs> you tell me. You tell straight me. pipe, baby. <laughs> I mean, you need my, to start charging. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so you're telling me you're taking that stuff from this, we, our local treatment plant. Yeah. And Put it in the Centra. And you're, <laughs> and you're experimenting yeah. with it. Over there, like you, you can turn it into something that's going to power something. Yeah. So we, what we have done so far, and actually we have a pending uh, proposal at the DOE, and so hopefully yes. we get funded. Oh, I can't so, wait. So the, we write a story yeah. on mm-hmm. this. So the idea is to take the sludge, right? <laughs> so the sludge right now traditionally, so fairly has a lot of nutrients, and so people, you know, apply into the for the agricultural lands and things like that. Right. But if you heard about the microplastics and all this, you know, oh, yeah. all the pills that we flush down the toilets and things like that. You know, God knows what type type of things that are in this. Uh, you know, basically the yeah. digested poop or the sludge, yeah, right? Yeah. And so nobody wants to grow their vegetables and things like that on, on that sort of stuff. And and if you want to look look a story about the New York poop transporting to Alabama for the disposal. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was yeah. Big, yeah. big deal. Yeah, we yeah. were like, we yeah, don't yeah, want yeah, your crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We don't want. Yeah. And yeah. so so now we are looking at it. Can we make energy out of it? And so we, what our process, what we have tried to do is we take the sludge, convert into what we call bio crude. It's like a crude petroleum oil. And then uh, that oil can go to make fuel. And that's what, that's what my part would be. And part of that bio crude, you know, and Maria Awad, Dr. Maria Awad in chemical engineering, she's taking some of that and making uh, maybe adhesives. And so that the same adhesive, we will take it and give it to Dr. Brian Vaya in forestry. And when they make a particle board, so they need glue. And so oh. we'll use that to make glue and then make a particle board. Isn't that cool? Seems like it'd be oh, yeah. easier to get some Elmer's from <laughs> CVS. <laughs> Is this glue still going to be white? <laughs> okay. Well, so well, so what can you what 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 kind of energy? I mean, can you produce? What kind of fuel could you turn that into? I mean, what kind of what what could be powered with this stuff? Uh, uh, right now, with the premium you know, Austin, uh, maybe <laughs> the diesel fuel. A diesel, you can diesel. Get, yeah, you can, you can get a diesel. Yeah, diesel. so I'm not gonna ask anybody to <laughs> anymore. Keep the windows up when you do that, kids. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the the feasibility of turning this into you know a, hey, a again we we like I said when we had Brendan on here, you know we had Dan Harris on here talking about idea, right. you know using that to, for our air in the mm. in the buildings and how we're cycling that, and then here, I mean from. Powering diesels to glue, mm-hmm. amazing. I've got, I've got I've got the podcast title. Oh, fecal matters. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love it. <laughs> the potentials <laughs> <are> endless. <laughs> well, so so uh, 
you know, obviously it's been a, a, a wacky time last five months. Uh, how for you was the has been the, the remote instruction and everything been has been, you know, learning curve. You've you taken to it. Has it actually opened up any possible, you know, I mean, has it been like, oh, well, this is a, a way of doing things we never kind of thought possible. Maybe we can start, you know, keep applying some of these principles we've been applying. Yeah. Uh, Maybe not. If you hate it, that's fine. Yeah. Yeah. You <laughs> know, you hate it. Yeah, no, I think, you know, it, it has been challenging. Uh, you know, th- there are some things that, that, that we learn or maybe has forced us to do things that we haven't thought or maybe just kind of pushing on the side, you know, and, and this is online instruction. Whether we like it or not, you know, online uh, teaching is going to be a big time, right? You know, because uh, for many families, the, the cost of education is getting really expensive. And, and one way to reduce the cost is perhaps to take some of these online courses and maybe they could... Uh, really come to Auburn for some of the courses that they really have to have, and maybe sometimes they could save some of the money by just taking online classes and things like that. So I think that has forced us to think about innovative ways to teach, and you know, just just in person is not the only way to teach the classes. And and the College of Engineering has done a great job, you know, offering online, uh, you know, master's programs and oh, things yeah, like that's that. Growing but big, but I know. think it is also for us the many faculty who haven't thought about the online teaching, or maybe some other things that, how would you do practicals, like lab classes and things like that? How, how would you do those things? It's kind of, you know, force us to think in a creative ways to do this. And I think in, in that way, it's a blessing. You know, nobody really wanted to be in the, the situation, right? I mean, it has caused a lot of inconvenience, but unless there's a need, you know, somebody's pushing, you know, and that's the human nature. We, then, we don't tend to be innovative. If you think about the history, you know, why Germans were so innovators, you know, back back in World War II and things like that, because they had to do it, because they had a World War, right? And so they, they come up with very creative ways to do things. So when somebody pushes you or you have, you know, or maybe being pushed by the situation, you started thinking of uh, different ways to do things, right? And, and so, so I think we need to look in the positive way that what it has brought us. You know, I'm eager to drive, you know, and go, you know, meet my relatives, you know, send the kids to the school and things like that. But also, at the same time, it has been blessing for us. At least, you know, we have a job. Still, we have a job, right? So that's a good thing. Awesome. And, 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 and Am I good? You know, for today. You know, <laughs> and, and we, we get to spend some time with, with our family, you know, and so that, that has been a really blessing. Sometimes we are always thinking about the work. We probably did not, you know, spend enough time with the family, and so so there's a positive aspects, and and obviously just the inconvenience, just to wear uh, this mask oh, yeah. when this is the 95 uh, degree outside yeah, right, is, is right. very difficult. Sure. Right? Well, you know, you know Tyler Patterson, our net, our webmaster. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he always says that you're probably his favorite professor here at Auburn. I think I, I think I may agree with him now. <laughs> I think I've got a new favorite myself. Oh, big, yeah, big time. Thank yep. you. Yeah, yep. Tyler is a nice guy. He is. Yeah. So, Shield, can't thank you enough for being with us uh, and and for learning more about the incredible work you got going on over there. I was about to say, um, we get this grant. Uh, we get this yeah, grant. Yeah, Let's yeah. come back and talk some more yeah, crap. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Let's shoot the yeah. – no, can't. No, yeah. no. Yeah. Still not. Uh, thanks so much, again, for being here. This, is, this has been great. Educational. Yeah. Love yeah. it. War Eagle. War Eagle. War Eagle.